This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, you're listening to Beyond the Ballot Box with me, Dashran Johan. On Monday, Michelle Yeoh won the Best Actress Oscar for her role in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. She became the first Asian and better yet, first Malaysian woman to win an Oscar. It was a proud moment for many Malaysians. Even politicians jumped on the bandwagon to congratulate and celebrate her victory. However, many local artists, activists and social media users in general called out the government and politicians for their hypocritical behaviour, citing how while politicians were busy congratulating Michelle Yeoh, local filmmakers were getting clamped down and investigated by the authorities. So on today's show, we're going to be discussing how politicians and political parties use the art scene as sort of their playground to score brownie points or further their agendas. Joining me on the show today is Katrina Jorin Maliamau. She's the Executive Director at Amnesty International Malaysia, as well as Anna Ha, the Co-Founder and Executive Director of the Freedom Film Network. Welcome to the show, ladies. How are y'all? Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, Katrina, I'm going to start with you. Um, Amnesty International Malaysia recently tweeted the following, and I quote, As Michelle Yeoh secured Oscar glory to the joy of Malaysians, including Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim, back in her home country, authorities are clamping down on freedom of expression by investigating and intimidating artists and activists, many of them women. Could you expand on this a little bit more for me, Katrina? You know, so we were watching the, you know, not just kind of the win and sort of the celebrations from many people, but also reading this this tweet from uh, the prime minister. Um, you know, it was a tweet thread that was not just acknowledging, but really celebrating uh, Michelle Yeoh's win, um, you know, saying that he hoped that, you know, it would be an inspiration to artists uh, in Malaysia. And it, it really felt very surreal and strange. And to be honest, frustrating um, seeing these celebrations and acclamations of joy by the prime minister and other political leaders uh, for Michelle Yeoh's Oscar win at the exact same time both artists and women's rights activists were under attack by the government so what do we have here we have literally the weeks leading up to this prime minister's suite about the Oscar win um, filmmakers in Malaysia were being hounded investigated by the police uh, and threatened online um, as uh, Zaid Malik from uh, lawyers for Liberty also pointed out uh, in Malaysia, Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, which is the film that Michelle Yeoh was in and she won the Oscar for, uh, probably also wouldn't even be allowed to be made um, because the central character is a lesbian and core to this film is the relationship between this queer, between this queer daughter and her mother, who is played by Michelle Yeoh. Uh, in fact, Zayed said that um, Michelle Yeoh would likely be investigated by the police in this uh, if this film was made and released here. So we have this hypocrisy, right? Um, and But I think hypocrisy maybe doesn't do it justice uh, enough, uh, and we can expand on that, where state actors want to claim the success and joy when Malaysians thrive overseas, yet at the same time, uh, crushing creativity and freedom of expression and, and closing the spaces that are needed to enable that success here. Just maybe just mm -hmm. add on the other part of what else was going on at this at the same time as this Oscar win. Uh, it's, it was the harassment of Women's March organizers and participants. Um, and I, I want to use that word harassment because you cannot take 
um, you know, lightly, the police showing up at your home, contacting you, questioning you in the police station. So kind of how does the government reconcile celebrating a Malaysian woman for her bold, complex expression overseas while intimidating and investigating women in Malaysia for the hours? You know, artistic expression and freedom and thriving in creative spaces is also so intertwined with women's rights and gender justice and everything the women's rights uh, and women's march participants were asking for. So we talk about they were talking about ending all forms of violence and discrimination against women, banning child marriage, demanding equal pay, ensuring safe and accessible spaces. I mean, these are all things that are deeply connected to freedom of expression and are actually very basic asks for the government to fulfill. And so when the Prime Minister says, um, oh, we hope that Michelle Yeoh's success can be a source of inspiration for local artists, um, at the same time, there's censorship and intimidation of both artists and women in Malaysia. Um, I think we need to sit with this moment and, and ask, what are we doing here in this country? And push back against um, the obscuring of the censorship uh, and the intimidation uh, through this, this kind of messaging from the state. Anna, as someone who is part of the local arts and activism scene, what went through your mind as local politicians were celebrating Michelle Yeoh's Oscar win for Everything Everywhere All at Once? I mean, my reflection uh, really is, um, and looking at also what happened to um, so-called the Mantegar Tabang and the attacks against them, is that actually, I mean, if you look at it, uh, like Michelle Yeoh, it's not anymore about Michelle Yeoh, it's not about the film, it's just about people trying to use the film to put out their own perspectives, you know. So here we have, you know, saying, oh, yeah, you know, you should, um, you know, you should give more fear expression and you're being hypocritical and there they're saying, no, you should control more, blah, 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 you know. So in that sense, then art and film and artists, I mean, I mean, once you put out a piece of art, right, then it's up to anybody's interpretation. There's no one right or wrong interpretation, and that's art. The function of artists and filmmakers is to just do this piece of art, and then people, I mean, other people, then it takes over, it's taken over by other people, you know? So this, um, if you look at it, no, Michelle, you've got nothing to do with it. Right. You know, it's all these people using art as a way of um, making their own statement. So now coming back to this, is then why is the government trying to pin fault at the artist or the filmmaker, you know, for making a piece of art. They're kind of like looking at the wrong places, right? So it's the understanding of the function of art and how and why it's so important in society. Um, you brought up Mantega Terbang. Um, what do you make of the investigations done on Mantega Terbang cast and crew, including on today there was news um, that it, the teen actress who was in the film, Sh- Shumaila Salihin, teenager, who was also summoned yesterday for police questioning. What do you make of all of this? Yeah, personally, I'm really, really upset. You know, I don't think they deserve it. Like, they're kind of like being thrown under the bus, if you ask me. You know, so... Um, the film was out in 2021. Uh, now it's 2023, that's two years. And they didn't immediately go public with it, no? They, they held small uh, group discussions, yeah? So there was me um, already saying that the filmmakers were sensitive about what they were saying, you know? 
the truth is, uh, Dashan and I, we actually had interviewed a lot of the young people who had watched the film. Mm-hmm. Okay, and these were all in private small screenings. And I'm telling you, I, I was just reading through because we, you know, we 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 interviewed them. Oh my God, they were so positive, Dashan. It's not like what you are hearing now at all. You know, this like, you know, oh my God, no, oh my God, like so negative. Whereas they were like, wow, we love the film, you know. We can really empathize with the daughter, you know. Um, they saw like the relationship between parent and child, you know. And then uh, they were saying, yeah, we need more of this. And young people keep saying that we're going to be the next leaders, next gen leaders. And we need to know. We need to lead the country. We need to know. And how do we know if not from films and listening to other people's point of view? And the other one that came out a lot, uh, Dashan, was um, they really thought that, hey, this really shows multicultural Malaysia. And there was never space to ask uh, about um, religion, no? other people's religion. <laughs> so they're like, oh, at least I know now how the other religion or the other side thinks, you know. Hmm. So in the end, they they appreciated all this. I mean, this was no force and I didn't choose the, the, the people, you know, the audience coming in. It was really random, you know. But we wanted to know really, really, can young generation, you know, we are so afraid that they'll be influenced, you know, how would they really react to this kind of film? And it was proven, and I'm really, really convinced that films like Mentega Terbang and productions need to be uh, protected. Lah. And, and, and in a way, they're doing something good for society. you know. So I guess then the role of the police and the government, I mean, there's always going to be people who think it's offensive, but does it have to be... Uh, in the form of violence and threat, I don't think so. That's not the Malaysian way, as far as I know, not what my parents taught me <laughs> and not what I've been taught in school, you know. We're trying to, like, pander to this, okay, okay, no problem, you know. Let's just do everything so that you don't get angry. What kind of message is this sending out, you know? Not only to the people who then will become more violent, but to the artists who's actually just doing their job and doing something that society really needs, you know. So this is really... That's why I'm really upset about it, lah. You know. Absolutely. So what I'm saying is, government. I think you really need to be more clear how you're going to promote and protect uh, arts, ah. What role, Anna, do you think filmmakers play in promoting free speech and expression? If a Malaysian make a film, right, it will reflect his or her experiences, and these experiences, when it comes on film, also reflect other Malaysians' uh, uh, kind of uh, experiences. You know. So you get a real Malaysian film, not, you know, uh, you know those that, you know, you spend millions of dollars trying to make and then want to send it to the Oscars. No, this is the Malaysian film that we need to make. And we need to see ourselves represented on screen. So that's one. The other one is outlets, you know, in a sense that, okay, there's a mainstream idea out there, right? But there's also these other existing ideas, alternative ideas, non-mainstream minority that also deserve a space, you know? So film and art is one of the places where you can at least make a say, you know. You can you can put in your own little corner what you think, what you are, what you feel, you know. And then um, audience that can relate with you will find their way to your art, you know, or your film. And, and that's important because if you do not allow this outlet, then you get violence lah. You get the real violence because everybody is suppressed. Right. You know, and that's the that's the really important role of art in Malaysia, you know, as 
an outlet of expression <laughs> of also minorities, not just majority, you know. So, yeah, that's that's how I feel, yeah. Katrina, you are not a, a filmmaker, but you're a, a champion of free speech and expression. You're an activist. What role do you think filmmakers play in in, in promoting free speech and expression? Um, you know, just, you know, Anna's said it so beautifully and powerfully mm-hmm. and really just building on that. And she used the word need. Um, we need stories. We need complex and diverse and big, small, silly, joyous, sad thought-provoking stories and I I think like I it can sometimes be made to feel like art is just something and films are just secondary to everything else that's important but expression is how we connect to the world how we connect to ourselves and you know we we need as Anna said stories to to know ourselves to feel seen um, and understood to learn about others, um, to learn about the world, uh, to understand our history, uh, to unlock our imaginations, to explore possibilities, um, to heal kind of the trauma and the hurts that that we have. And I think that when we talk about sort of rights being interconnected to each other, uh, it's a very basic principle of human rights. And when we Within that, when it comes to expression, if you don't have the outlets to express yourself, to to receive information, to um, know each other, that impedes on all your other rights. It impedes in kind of how you organize yourselves and the kinds of relationships we have each other. And so, you know, it's 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 not secondary. Arts and expression is really vital to to who we are, and and certainly filmmaking is also. Um, and it. It also it doesn't mean that we have to like or agree with every piece of art or film, uh, but we have to respect people's agency and choice to engage with different forms of art. And we need to have that spaces to debate and discuss and, and disagree in a really healthy way. You know, so when Anna talk, talks about just having these discussion circles where young people are coming together to watch a film and, and then talk about it, that's really powerful. That's how you, you shift the moving away from the only way I can disagree is through expressions of violence to, okay, I'm going to sit down and listen in this space and hear what the other side has to say um, and then make a decision for myself. And I think we really underestimate the ability of Malaysians to have complex discussions and to hold different ideas and to make uh, good choices. Um, and that lack of disrespect also manifests itself in this repression and harm. Um, and so, yes, you know, there can be some limits to freedom of expression when it comes to perpetuating hate and violence uh, against others. So there can be sanctions. There can be ways in which you would label a film to say it has such and such content. And so maybe it's not suitable for children or maybe you're giving people enough information so that they can make a choice about whether to agree or access that film. Um, but that's not what we're seeing. What we're seeing is sort of the discomfort or sensitivity of of some with a lot of power being used as a way to shut down and silence all of us. And and really all of us lose uh, when, when this happens. On the show with me today is Katrina Jorin Maliomau. She's the Executive Director at Amnesty International Malaysia, as well as Anna Ha, Co-Founder and Executive Director of the Freedom Film Network. After the break, we discuss if the local art scene is often politicised by far-right groups. Keep it here on Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9.
Welcome back to Beyond the Ballot Box. I'm Dashran Johan. And on the show with me today is Katrina Jorin Maliamau. She's the Executive Director of Amnesty International Malaysia, as well as Anna Ha, Co-Founder and Executive Director at the Freedom Film Network. And we're talking about the censorship and clamping down that's happening in our local film industry. So, Anna, I want to ask you, um, how do you think censorship and restrictions on freedom of speech affect the artistic value of films? In Malaysia, um, even before you want to think of what you want to do, you have at least eight types of senses that you have to think about. So, <laughs> uh, you have right. to think, uh, because we look at it, it's just not the, say, if you're doing a, a film for cinema or, mm-hmm. or public TV, you have to go through the Lembaga Penapisan Film, which is the censorship board. But then uh, there's also the Jakim, right, that also have to look at the film. There's also the police, but apart from that, there's also ministers, cabinet ministers, who once in a while, whenever they like, make statements, which then the filmmakers have to think about. They also have to think about um, public, you know, the public outcry and reactions. And now with social media, it's getting much worse, you know, the, the direct comments. They also have to think of their, um, what they call it, investors, you know, the financial thing. Because if a, a film costs a lot of money to make, you know, and if, if investors not going to invest in something risky and they cannot make back their money and that's going to affect them uh, as well. So can you imagine what kind of artistic freedom are you talking about? Wow. You know, it is really, really um, difficult, you know, and I mean, if you look at our films, you know, even despite all the challenges that mm-hmm. uh, artists feel, you can see that our films are still, they are bright spots, you know, we have talent despite everything. We still have one or two bright spots, you know. But imagine without those without those um, challenges that I was telling you about. I just want to mention one thing. And it's also that uh, filmmakers now, okay, even if you take out all this restriction, right? Censorship and filters are so ingrained in us, not just artists, all Malaysians, you know. we like kind of like, we're coming to the stage where it's like, can I make this? Can I say this? Can I shoot this? What will they think if I shoot this? You know, we are at that stage. So you don't think that you're going to lift up all this and suddenly we're going to get like, you know, great art. It is a process of how we've been brought up, how we've been trained to express ourselves and the confidence of believing in ourselves and what we say matters, you know. So all these are kind of the things that if you talk about artistic freedom, it's not just like one LPF, you know, it's the whole way we look at freedom and creativity and expression. What many tweets was, was saying is that when we actually look at, you know, all these politicians congratulating and, and whatnot, you know, Michelle Yeoh deserves the accolade and the praises and all of that. But this isn't about that. What is the story of this? What is the, 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 the narrative of this success story when we actually break it down? What we are actually seeing here is that for Malaysian filmmakers to be successful, they have to first leave Malaysia because ultimately that is Michelle Yeoh's story. How do you respond to that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be quite rude here, but uh, it's more like the tragic failure of Malaysia to develop right? their own talents. That's what it is, you know. Uh, and if, if the government and the film development board and all those people involved that, you know, have been congratulations, can't see it, it actually is the tragic failure, you know. Of course, Michelle Yeoh is not going to say anything, you know. But we have to reflect. What 
you know, why, 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 why isn't why isn't it a Malaysian film at the Oscar and then a Malaysian actress winning it? You know, it's not like that. It's very tragic. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's tragic. It's it's tragic, but it's also a um, as as Anna sort of laid out, it a product of many many choices that people in power have made um, in terms of the culture, the institutions, the structure that we live in. So I I, I think sometimes it can feel like these things just happen. <laughs> this right. is just the way this country is. No, it isn't. It is a choice to make this the country that we're in. And, you know, when if I just sort of want to bring it back to in the framework of human rights, because I think it's important when we talk about what the role of the government is, um, the government has a obligation to protect our fundamental right to expression. You know, it is not just in the federal constitution, which is important, but also this is a commitment that they've made uh, in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And so what does that mean, right? To fulfill this right to freedom of expression. I mean, for artists, it means enabling the spaces for expression. It means funding resources, removing sort of these um, various forms of censorship and restrictions that curtail the imagination. But it also means, you know, dealing with the gender discrimination and the violence and the harassment uh, and the class issues, which are all things that, you know, affect our expression, uh, access to, it affects our access to arts. Um, and also it's the same issues that the Women's March organizers were raising. I mean, when Anna spoke about the, the internalized um, censorship, also the self-censorship, right. I think we really need to sit with that because that is the, it's truly damaging to to live in this space of fear. Um, you cannot create and explore and be creative when you're constantly afraid. You know, when you're afraid, um, not just of articulating your ideas, you're afraid that the government is going to come to your office or raid your home like they did with uh, Chili Powder and Thinner, um, the film about police brutality. Or, you know, you're afraid that if you get death threats um, or threats of sexual violence or you're doxxed, um, the authorities are not going to do anything to protect you um, because the um, they, because they choose choose not to and to en enable that climate of violence. Um, and so I, I think that that climate of fear, again, um, is is one that is created quite intentionally and it sends a, a, a message to, to the rest of us, you know, uh, you know, make sure that you, you stay in your place. <laughs> you don't uh, express yourselves. You don't ask questions. It's about the arts, but it's also about how we just engage with our country and the claiming of all our other rights, because it doesn't stay neatly in the box of, oh, this is just about films. It's about our participation uh, in, in our society, in the world, in, in politics, in democracy, and all of that. Do you get a sense that um, our local art scene is often treated like a playground by politicians? Would you say that our local art scene is often politicised by far-right groups and political parties in Malaysia? Because while the argument against uh, Mentega Terbang is that it touches on Islamic sensitivity specifically, just a few weeks prior, there was a big hoo-ha about another local film called Pulau, in which groups and, and cyber troopers and all of that were calling the film soft porn and, and whatnot, which, and that film had to, you know, go through a lot of trouble as well with, with censorship and, and backlash and, and so on and so forth. Would you say that this is often the case um, in, in the Malaysian um, art scene? 
I think people in politics will use everything they can to advance their agenda. Mm-hmm. And, and this is just people in power. That's how power works, right? Um, but the question then is, as the government who is duty-bound to protect the fundamental human rights of all of us in Malaysia, what role do you then play to ensure that the agenda of some in power isn't used to take away the human rights uh, of everybody else? Um, and so that was kind of the point that I was getting at earlier. It's These aren't optional things. You have, as people in power, as, as the government, a responsibility. Um, so when folks come, you know, particular uh, uh, organizations or entities or groups are, are trying to impede on other people's rights um, because they disagree or because they think that they can score political points, um, then you have to step in as the government and say, actually, no, we are going to ensure that the rights of all are protected. Um, and again, these are choices that that those in power are making. Uh, are they easy choices? I mean, I don't know, but I don't. That's not the point, right? If you're in politics, you have to navigate the spaces, right? Um, and and really, if you are, uh, if you don't center in the first instance people who are most marginalized, people who are most silenced, um, then really all you're doing is, is furthering sort of these these harmful agendas by some. Um, and I think I think it's again, I think the the choice here, I, I want to emphasize that because sometimes we say things like an investigation happened. Mm-hmm. Actually no, you made the choice to put your resources and time to investigate. Um, or they'll say things, oh, you know, these are harassment is happening online or death threats are being sent out to artists and filmmakers. Um, and what then is your responsibility to intervene? So these are all very deliberate choices that state actors are making to further some agendas um, and, and to silence um, uh, others. Anna, as someone within the art scene itself, um, do you uh, think politicians use the art scene as, as sort of their playground to, to further their agendas of a political mileage? The idea of a sens- what is sensitive in Malaysia has been enlarging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything is now said as sensitive. You know, when something is a sensitive issue, you cannot talk about it, you get sanctioned, right? Right. And so what happens when when this when we cannot talk about it and our our agency to speak is taken away okay it gives only certain people the power to say something about this issue okay so religious the authorities the government and that's why um i mean that's that's, that's i mean just to answer you right so but the thing is um there are very few um Things that are actually uh, can, that 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 can um, be controlled when it comes to freedom of expression in Article Ten, you know, mm-hmm. only certain very limited um, areas right. which should be uh, kind of little bit uh, controlled or you know, the government can step in, and that has to be defined quite well. You cannot keep saying, oh, you know, uh, it is uh, hurting a certain certain religion or race punya um, sensitivities, and not define it, you know. And if that's the case, everything will go under this sensitive issue. And what happens when this sensitive then it gets um, uh, allows politician to dominate, right? And what happens to the public? We get more and more. Not only cannot we cannot speak, we start not to understand one another. So the the real um, jurang, what's that word? Um, 
gap. space, gaps get bigger and bigger, you know, right. and then it becomes real. You know, from uh, orchestrated or maybe, you know, kind of, uh, you know, it serves one person's uh, political agenda. It will do real harm to the nation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So at what stage are we? I'm not sure. I'm so worried. We're at a stage where the gaps are real. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm really, really calling the government. I mean, it is, this is a new government, you know. I don't care what the old government has done, but this government, please be different. You know, mm-hmm. if you want a real Malaysia, a real Malaysia that is, what you know we all dream of we have to start doing something about it we cannot just pander and say okay it's sensitive let's control it let's control it you have a you have to say what should we control or what cannot be controlled and find ways of handling it so that in the end people harmony real harmony can exist mm-hmm. is when people talk is when film can play their role make people talk make people discuss and that's real harmony that's a unity you cannot break but if it's this talk, talk, talk on the Facebook lah, in your cerama, you know, it's not real. So, you know, so you have to get more than that. Just get over it, please. <laughs> right. And how do you think, um, you know, you mentioned the new government. How do you think former artists and now Minister of Communications and Media, um, Fami Fadzail, how do you think he has been handling the pressures from right-wing groups? I mean, I really kasihan him. I mean, this is uh, not just his work, okay? it's It's been... He is has to handle right. the the effects and the results of what the previous governments and politicians have been doing. It's not easy. I say he's trying his best, but although he has been uh, in the arts group before, he still needs to keep that conversation and open dialogue with artists and filmmakers and and also consult uh you know uh, free expression groups like ours. What what how how can we handle it together? What are the best ways? You know how can we get involved and not just try and handle it by himself? And the other thing about it is that um, it shouldn't be the domain of the government to handle it. You know, you know that's what's wrong with our laws. That everything the government have to control, the government have to control. The government supposed to make structures that work that then can self regulate. It's not. The government have to be the hero, step in in every problem. I I cannot I can't, I don't think that's at all uh, What's that word? Are uh, sustainable? You know. Right. So what he needs to do, not look at film as something bad to be controlled, but look at how to harness it for social good, for society, and that's what he should be looking at. Don't look at oh, kita kena control, kita kena kawal. You know that's not the way. You know. You need to look long-term also. I know in the short term, there's some things that needs to be done and you need to be fast about it. But in the long term, you need to send this, the correct message out. Lah. Mm. Absolutely. Katrina, what yeah. do you think about that? Uh, no, I 100% agree um, with with what Anna said. I think it's the role uh, of him in, in this space to engage with really diverse groups of people, including you know folks working on freedom of expression, working closely with artists. Um, I think that the the pressures are going to be there, but you have again to be very clear in your mind as to what it means to protect people's rights, what it means um, when to intervene when there is violence. Um, but right now, like like Anna said, the understanding of of sensitivity and and discomfort has uh, by some in power has been expanded so greatly that it's now being treated as that is the violence that needs to be curtailed uh, when it isn't and so you know the the 
civil society groups, human rights activists, freedom expression advocates have been really generous. And I think we'll continue to be and say, <laughs> look, you can work with us. None, you don't have to figure this out on your own. There are ample resources out there. There are folks willing to help navigate and discuss this together. Um, there, I think, you know, you know artists themselves uh, know what it's like and, and can and in fact should be part of the shaping of um, the infrastructure that needs to be created. Um, and I think that is, again, a shift in, in the ways of working where it is, you know, not just, okay, the state coming to tell you this and this is what needs to be done, but really working holistically and having deep and meaningful engagement. Um, and it honestly is possible. All of this is really achievable, but you have to have the political will to do it too. Absolutely. Um what reforms do we need to see? I know, you know, reforming the local art scene, you know, we could probably do an entire show on that in and of itself. But, you know, broadly speaking, what reforms do we need to see, especially in the short term, but even in the long term, in our local film and arts industry to promote greater artistic freedom? Um, do we need a specific ministry for the art scene for, the, for, for changes to happen? Um, how do you all see it? Um, starting with you, Katrina. I think, I mean, I'll, I'll leave it to Anna to sort of speak right. about the artists and filmmakers, but I think, again, going back to everything that we talked about uh, around what it means to protect freedom of expression um, and and really needing to um, repeal this, the laws that have been used to silence and harass and investigate, so Sedition Act, sex, Section 233, the Communications and Multimedia Act, you know, just... Uh, a lot take away all of these 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 laws that have been used to silence seize the investigations because they don't just affect the individuals being investigated but they send a message to everybody else um that you know creativity and expression is not allowed um i think and and, and then working closely with artists um and and activists in order to both create sort of the spaces that are needed for expression are uh, working across ministries you know this has to do with the education ministry it has to do with you know gender justice again it has to do with class issues so i i think really understanding that this um you know the art sometimes is treated as uh, uh as either optional or a commodity of right. the purposes of tourism um, uh, when actually um and, and so breaking that mindset but really seeing how the arts and expression is intertwined with the enjoyment of all the other rights and that means taking a a longer bigger picture view it means you know having stuff with youth um having stuff with with communities that don't usually get spaces to to explore uh, creativity uh, and engage um, um in, in art because they don't have the resources because it's not accessible uh, it means working with people with various forms of disabilities and again i want to bring it back to these are all the things the Women's March organizers were also talking about. These are the exact same things. So, uh, again, there are so many messages and strategies uh, for reforms holistically. And if you understand, again, that our rights are connected, you'll understand that when you deal with this multiplicity of rights, you're allowing the space for our arts and film industry to, to really thrive and flourish. But I'll hand it to Anna to speak in more detail about other kinds of reforms. Yeah, so this brings me back to a, a conversation I had with a arts organizer, mm. and I was um, telling her about like, oh, we need this. Uh, this body is not functioning. Blah blah blah. This should be done. That should be done. And she just said this. 
they just need to leave us alone. You know, they don't need to do anything for us. Just leave us alone. You know, it's so practical. You know, here we are thinking, want to have one ministry, two millions of dollars. Just leave us alone. You know, we can handle it. You know, right. just don't meddle. Right. You know, so I think. I mean, I mean, I cannot. I can give you that theoretical answer, but right. I think this is something very achievable. Absolutely. You know, and the only time you need to intervene is for violence and incitement of hate that's already an understood thing you know you know when there's true incitement of violence and hate then you step in but the rest of the time please lah just lay off you know so if you need to make a structure make a structure around it how to make it uh, you know free and independent you know and uh, useful lah and I think if you want to go into like you want to where you want to pump your energies is into media literacy one you know for us to really understand how to because now a lot of people think film is just entertainment us is just you know like you say lah it's not value but they don't understand it you know properly so that needs to be inculcated from when the from from young and the other thing is i think um the minority voice like you have to the government maybe needs to if, if they need to support is support that there's a diverse opinion and uh, access you know to um you know art sometimes it can be expensive you know so how do you uh, ensure that these diverse voices are coming out? Because it's healthy to have diverse right. voices. And then uh, have more spaces where there's engagement. So arts, there's a space, but sometimes art spaces are expensive. But then there's a space where people can engage. So how do you enhance the engagement, which already has been, you know, they have a tool called the art to start this kind of engagement. How to use it properly and pump money into it, you know, not the other one. But for us, I think I would, I, I'm quite confident I speak for a lot of uh, artists in Malaysia. Just, just leave us alone. Just leave the artists and filmmakers alone. That that's It's as simple as that. Before we wrap this conversation up, ladies, would you all have a final message for us, starting with you, Anna? I think for me, I just want to speak to the younger generation. I mean, I, I believe la, that you know what you want, but you cannot say it in sometimes in our environment. I think we still need to somehow or another not stop speaking out. Keep on, um, you have to make a say, you know. The environment might seem a little bit dangerous, but if we want our futures to be different, we have to start saying something, you know. So to just encourage young people to not give up uh, and to just try and do something to um, to make your uh, opinion here and that the alternative voice gets out. Like now the the filmmakers who are, you know, the, the ones that are under pressure, you know, from the Women March, Women's March and from Mantega Terbang and even Pulau, it's like don't let those dominant voice completely drown out the alternative voice. Katrina? Oh, I'm loath to uh, to speak after Anna's beautiful message, <laughs> but uh, but I'll say I'll say three things really quickly. Uh, firstly, um, there is a petition on change.org, uh, change.org slash MT Safer Spaces. Uh, that's change.org M for Malaysia, T for Trunganu, Safer Spaces, uh, which I'd really urge our listeners to go to, and um, you can read the statement by um, um, activists and artists in support of a uh, 
take a turbang and also take action. So send the message to the government saying that respect um, uh, artists, respect filmmakers, respect our right to freedom of expression. Secondly, Amnesty has a microsite, uh, unsilenced.amnesty.my, which is a, a bit of a, 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 smat, a, a pulling together of the um, how censorship and pop culture um, um, is as how censorship has affected pop culture in Malaysia. And um, there's also petitions that you can, and, and ways in which you can understand the different laws. Um, and the site is in English, PM and Mandarin right now. Uh, and I'd really urge you to explore that to really understand. Um, but then thirdly, and, and to just reinforce what Anna said, I, I really hope um, people both, you know, understanding the censorship, understanding the restrictions, but also uh, we need to really claim and demand this right for ex to expression. Um, really, we need to push back against maybe the forces within us that are making us a little bit afraid. Um, understand that there are people in your corner. Uh, understand that there are probably more people who agree with you and that we have to, um, even if we're afraid, even if our voices sort of tremble, still try, still speak, uh, still create art, uh, still explore. Um, because we we really this this is kind of how we make the world and we know ourselves and we are we hold so many possibilities within us and we really do not let those in power with or those with some agendas shut shut us down and and silence um all that that we really are capable of on that note katrina anna thank you so much for joining me today thank you so much Thank you. That was Katrina Jorin Maliamau. She's the Executive Director at Amnesty International Malaysia, as well as Anna Ha, Co-Founder and Executive Director at the Freedom Film Network. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We are available on the BFM app, bfm.my, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.